quite liked it. I might start making it my new thing, going early morning on a Sunday. Oh. Rather than going to church. It is my church, Ben. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is my church. Just so jables. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Just So Jables film podcast with me, very vocal Jables. Me, long-sighted our kid. And me, currently in denial about his eyesight, producer Ben. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, true. Who said that? so here on the just so jables podcast we like to review a film give you our hot fresh takes straight out the screen without clever review checking and social media following and making ourselves look grand and amazeballs this week we are going to be watching the creator which i'm a little bit excited about but before we get onto that our kid you like to have a look afterwards and tell us uh, how wrong we got last week's film which was the nun 2 it was yes so i've got a couple of reviews to read you some people just did not like it but i will move on and give you my theory as to why they did not like it shortly the guardian ellen e jones when i read the headline which was a bad habit that's hard to break. I thought, oh, that sounds like fun. Mm. Two stars out of five. Valak, with her tendency to pop up like a 2D plywood target, is an old-fashioned carnival game that still isn't scary. And I thought, I quite like the wording, but it's a little bit... Sounds like, like she thought of the wording yeah, before, before she, she watched the film. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a me. grain of truth in there, I guess, yeah. but it feels right. like it's been spun out. Roger Ebert, so Peyton Robinson for Roger Ebert, gave it one out of five stars. And he said, the original Nun was a massive disappointment and this shares the same fate, a lack of thoughtfulness and oversaturated tropes that lack effective fear. IGN were a bit more positive. Tom Jorgensen gave it three and a half out of five stars. This is more what I thought of it, actually. Salvages the elements of the original that worked, improves on what didn't, and puts its lovable lead character through enough creative torment to remind us that the Conjuring universe has plenty of frights left in it. Which I thought, yeah, that probably sums up how I feel about it. It's done very well. On a budget of $38 million... It's so far made $206 million. Oh, wow. So it just keeps raking in the cash for the Conjuring universe. I didn't realise until I looked into it that The Nun, the original Nun, is actually the highest grossing Conjuring universe film ever. Is it really? Yeah. Can okay. I just say, is this the point at which we uh, decide to ditch the podcast and make horror films? <laughs> well, yeah. we could. Some would argue we already do. <laughs> but for me, I think the people criticising the films... They just don't understand what they're there for. They just don't understand what they're trying to do. So those people who say, well, the nun was a bit boring and it wasn't quite scary enough. I just don't think they get it. I just don't think they know what they're for. I think I agree with that. Like, as I said last week, I didn't see the first one. It probably would have helped, but it didn't ultimately matter for my enjoyment of the film. Because I think I don't go into these films anymore expecting to be scared, Mm. expecting to be amazed. They're a little bit like disaster films in some way mm. that you're never going to be amazed, but you're always you're going to kind of enjoy them anyway. And occasionally there'll be a standout one. Occasionally there'll be a twister, yeah. you know, and then you see a geostorm, which is just a bit bonk, and then you'll mm. get a bonkers one. And they're never going to win a film of the year award, but they're going to be just like enjoyable. Yeah, you enjoy watching it, don't you? I think for me it ticks all the boxes because I don't like horror films that are just gory. No. And they have to have a supernatural element for me. So I can't, like, I don't watch the Saw films because for me they're not really proper horror films. They're like gore fests and yeah, serial yeah. killer stuff. So there's got to be something spooky yeah. that holds my interest. And they totally do that. Ben, thoughts? Yeah, I just think it did what it needed to do. I haven't changed my opinion on it. I probably will watch it again at some point, which is, you know, for me, it's fairly high praise, I suppose. I think maybe if it was just a, a complete jump scare fest then the cynical switch might have flicked a bit more in my my head but no they tried to do a different story they tried Mm. to actually change things and they did interesting visuals like the bit with the magazines and stuff yeah we hadn't seen before in those kinds of films so yeah so yeah if people want to let us know what they think about none too how would they do that our kid they get us on the socials at just so jables on facebook instagram and x formerly twitter they can email us, hello at justsojables.com. The website is justsojables.com. We haven't had any messages this week, so message us, tell us what you think. Boo! I know. 
So, um, Ben, tell me, what the hell are you on about this week? I've sounded like a stock record. Retro reels. Yeah. That also sounds like a stock record. <laughs> Back to the future. I mean, I'm plugging it, but by the time you hear this, it might be sold out. So you better log on, click through. You can get to it on the Kings Link Corn Exchange on the internet. website if you've got the internet. Um, you can book online there. I asked this last week, didn't I? Are we looking forward to it? Of course we are. You get those scary moments though with Back to the Future. Like I think you've made this point before, Jables, that actually we're now further away from 1985 than 1985 was from 1955 when the film came out. And 1955 seemed like a hell of a long time in the yeah. past when we watched the film. I guess being older just distorts time. When you were a kid, the 50s probably seemed like another world. I think without getting onto a whole highbrow conversation, yeah. the world changed more in that period than it has in our period, despite okay. in the advent of technology and such. I think the actually not necessarily changed, but the appearance hasn't changed as much, I would say. Yeah, culturally, maybe things are more similar to the 80s now than the 80s were to the 50s. And there's also that thing that this is a film set in America, yeah. and that is not our natural environment. I don't know if I mentioned this, but I was in America earlier this Where year. Where Where did you go? I know. Boston. <laughs> but um, my experiences of America is what I've seen in films. So I've just presumed that everyone who's at school is about 25. And, <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah, think, yeah, things totally. like that. So uh, you went in a few schools in America just yeah, to check. <laughs> yeah, just to check. Thanks, Ben. But weirdly, the you know, you've, you guys have been, the, the kind of environments that you get are surprisingly similar to that still. There's mm. old wooden houses, you know, mm. the houses are still wooden. There's things that stick out like that in the small towns. But that 50s, the cars, it's 50s cars, isn't it? It's 50s jukeboxes and like Tab Coke and bits, you yeah. know, things like that. Yeah, they Tab might not exist now, but it's such a consumerist-like environment that we're in that we're not surprised if someone pops up with something really wacky because it's just like, yeah, that's just what happens now. Whereas between then and the 50s and the 80s, it's like, this is crazy. Mm. Yeah. One interesting thing, actually, over the weekend, we saw both British and American Air Force bases from the olden times because mm. there's a lot of those around here and there's heritage yeah. days and stuff going on. And it's interesting the difference between them yeah. So I know you guys kind of grew up on bases and stuff. But the British stuff, the idea when they designed them was like, well, we have to build this so that it lasts a thousand years. Yeah. And the walls have to be seven feet thick and made yeah. of bricks and diamonds and stuff. We also got into some um, parts of the old American base and into the old, like, I don't, do you call them barracks if yeah. it's the Air Force? But the accommodation. And it's like, well, let's make this out of uh, cereal packets and see if it lasts the end <laughs> yeah, of the week. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like... Yeah. so different it's yeah. like we're not going to be hanging around here long so let's just chuck this up yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. so we've gone off tangent a bit there yeah. yeah back to the future it's coming on it's proving very popular it might be another sellout but yeah Look. get on there quick if you're hearing this now and you're thinking about going looking forward to it so our kid what are you on about this week well we were at mum and dad's at the weekend and we watched the remake of dad's army the 2016 oh, okay. film have you seen that jables i haven't i will say you're probably going to say it anyway but on holiday we watched the the old dad's army film yeah, didn't we we watched the original film didn't we yeah and i think it's fair to say we found it really funny there are a few moments where we kind of went oh there was a couple a of questions yeah, yeah. they don't like but it on up the whole, yeah on the yeah. whole it was gen generally very funny to the point where i yeah. went to get something out of the kitchen came back and ben was practically crying with laughter yeah. about yeah. something this film not quite so funny i felt that it was fine it's got a good cast. You can't help comparing it, can you, to the original? So it had oh, Toby to. Jones as Captain yeah. Mannering, Bill Nye as Sergeant Wilson, Tom Courtney as Lance Corporal Jones, who was always my favourite, probably most mm. people's favourite in the originals, and Catherine Zeta-Jones as a new character, Rose Winters, and Michael Gambon as Godfrey. Okay. So I think for what they did, it is quite a good cast. Yeah in a karaoke kind of way. Mm. So I felt myself watching it thinking it is just like good quality karaoke. So yeah. it's never as good as the original, but it was fine. I didn't think all of the humour stood up. You didn't really enjoy it, did I you? I didn't think it was very good, no. no. The plot was fine, like the basic setup. I mean, it's obviously what they were going to do. They're going to bring the Germans to the shore and yeah. let the, the um, home guard deal with it. And how they do that, I think, is fine, and the spies and stuff like that. But it just felt like pastiche rather than homage, to use the Latin. I didn't think Toby Jones was very good. I think he was miscast. Oh, really? Yeah, mm. he just didn't suit it. Because, like, Captain Mannering, although he is kind of inept, he has this 
authoritarian but slightly browbeaten sense about him, but he's not really klutzy, and they kind no, of dialed not. up the klutz with him. Oh, really? Yeah, a little bit, and he's yeah. like doing stupid stuff and bashing his head on stuff, and I'm like, this is just dumb. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, because like in that first film, you know, they're all invited to the hall to join the home guard, and he basically takes charge there. Yeah. Despite there being like a war colonel, war general, isn't there, or someone yeah. who's yeah. already in the village, and he basically like usurps him, because he's got this like presumed authority that, yeah. he, that he has, which is funny, and it works really well. And he, but like you say, he's not klutzy at all. Bill Nye, Sergeant Wilson, I thought was fine. He, that's the John yeah. Le Mesurier character. He carried it off quite well. But Michael Gambon as Godfrey, he was kind of sweet as Godfrey. Yeah, he did imagine. bring a sort of sweetness. And Godfrey's sisters are characters in it as oh, well. Right. And they're, they're my favourites in, oh, really? in the new film, actually. They, they were really adorable. But it was kind of okay. Mum and Dad enjoyed it. I thought they might dislike it because they're quite protective of things mm. that they like traditionally, but they were quite up for it, weren't they, and enjoyed it. Yeah, I didn't really laugh. I think I laughed once. Well, I laughed a few times. Mm. But yeah. I've been in a bad mood recently. <laughs> for about yeah. six weeks. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it was okay. Cool. What about you? So I went to the cinema and watched what you talked about last week, Ooh. which was Murder in Venice? Haunting in Venice. Yeah, something like that. It's like you don't want to know what it's called. I don't. I keep forgetting. So, yeah, we actually went at a, at a strange time. Of, it was quarter past ten on Sunday morning. There was only one other couple in the cinema. It's quite, I quite liked it. I might start making it my new thing, going early morning on a Sunday. Oh. Rather than going to church. It is my church, Ben. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is my church. But um, just quickly getting into it, a quick, my quick review... I pretty much agree with what you said last week. I don't think it's my favourite of these films. I think, for me, I, I still like the first Murder on the Orient Express. I quite like the, yeah, it's over the top in, in places, but it felt like it needed to be over the top. This was better than Death on the Nile, which I wasn't a fan of. No. But I think this, structurally, it was quite good. I'd agree with some of the stuff you were saying last week. Ben was saying about it feeling quite claustrophobic in places. And it does. I don't like all of the camera work and the shaky cam stuff. Mm. There was a lot of like moving camera sort of behind people and keeping things very tight. You said about it being like the setting in, in Venice. It wasn't. It was just bookended by outside scenes. Mm. That's, That's what, what it, you said, wasn't it? Yeah, you did like it, more outside. It was like start, yeah, you did. Yeah, it started outside, went inside, ended outside. And those visuals were actually very clean and really nice. I think a lot of the rest of the film was almost a little bit muddied being inside and yeah. being in the mm. dark. Yeah, I wasn't such a fan of that. Definitely a couple of dodgy accents. You said that yeah, last week. I love Especially it. the um the housekeeper. I think I, I don't know who told her that like it's easy to do accents when you're eating, but <laughs> it's not because she basically sounded like a Londoner when she was doing her accent <laughs> while eating. It was quite funny. We had a chuckle and a stare at each other when they turn up at the start and they're on three different boats going onto the thing. Yeah. And we were just like well, that's just a film yeah. scene, isn't it? Because yeah, like, we said that. You're yeah. like, you could all just go on one boat. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Then, yeah. So there's things like that that felt like they were there for scene and... Yeah, like, they were drum, aesthetic, were Aesthetic, they? Yeah. A, lot, a lot of those choices. When it came to the story, I thought the story was fine. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, I liked how you put it last week. There's certain things that happen while you're watching it and you're going, uh... But it makes sense mm. in the context yeah. of when you when you see the whole of the film. And it also has that kind of like, oh, did it really happen, didn't mm. happen? Yeah. You know, which I quite like it mm. because it's it's got the basis of a ghost story around it. The story is fine. I liked the the kid was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Quite yeah. like the kid, didn't Quite like the kid. Yeah. Quite like the kid, weird and sort of precocious. And you know, the extra kind of like you we need extra deaths in there. We need to yeah. we need to miss some murder this a little bit. <laughs> wasn't needed. No, it wasn't, but, was it? No. You know, fair enough. No. But satisfying i quite liked it would watch again yeah me too and i liked how it finished but i was really hoping they were going to be doing a maybe i need a bit of a break on an island somewhere yeah. like setting up dun, a mur dun, yeah, dun. murder uh, evil under the sun yeah. type thing it would have been nice but you know that's what i've been watching on to this week the creator mm. our kid i believe you're going to tell us I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. A little not, bit about not it. Not too much. So The Creator is a new sci-fi film. It's not a sequel, a follow-up. It's not part of any kind of existing universe or anything like that. It is a whole new... <laughs> sure, I saw Ben's thing. eyes actually get brighter when mm, you said that. Yeah. yeah. It's something new, which is exciting. So it is directed by Gareth Edwards... 
and written by Gareth Edwards as well and Chris Weitz. Gareth Edwards also directed Rogue One. Yep. Monsters, which I think you've seen. I love seen. Monsters, yeah. yeah. And, and the 2014 Godzilla Which I also film, like. Which I liked the first two-thirds of. So it stars John David Washington as Joshua, I think his name is. So he is a human character by the look of it. The trailer doesn't give too much about him away. He looks to be a soldier. He looks to be hunting down some kind of AI that turns out to be a humanoid character. So it also stars Gemma Chan. I'm not sure what sort of role she's playing. Probably an android. Maybe because she was in... Was it humans? Yeah, and other stuff she's done. Yeah. She was also in the Eternals, wasn't she? Alison Janney. I like Alison Janney. She CJ from West Wing. Yeah, CJ from West Wing. (laughs) She was also in... The Girl on the Train. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. She was also in a little-known teenage comedy called The Duff, which okay. I don't know if you've seen. No, she plays the main character's weird mum who becomes a motivational speaker. It's actually quite a sweet film. Yeah. It sounds, it's not about teenage pregnancy, as it might be. <laughs> the Duff is apparently slang for the ugly one of a group. Um, but yeah, John David Washington, obviously, Tanet. Amsterdam, which mm. we weren't still massive, not, still not forgiven fans of Beckett, which we did enjoy, which was the Netflix oh, one where he's in Greece. That's the one where he, yeah he's on holiday and yeah his girlfriend dies happens, and yeah. then yeah yeah he's I like him. involved in a conspiracy. Have you seen Beckett? No, no, I like it. It's good. You'd like it. Yeah, yeah, it's low key. So, what do we think, Jables? What do I think? So I said before we even started, I'm quite looking forward to this. I think I mentioned last week I watched Looper because I was ready for a sci-fi fix. And it feels like a good time for a quality standalone sci-fi film. Don't seem to happen that much. As you say, they tend to be related to something. We mentioned Geo, so what was it? The moon or moon or something like that. They tend to be kind of like action-packed. Or moonfall. Moonfall, Moonfall, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. So action-packed. But, you know, talking about the moon, that's the one with Sam Rockwell, isn't it? Yeah, I love that. I love that film. Mm. And something like that is, you know... I wonder how hard it would be to make something like that today. It just feels like if you ha- if you haven't got a what's the word a, a, a universe a, what's the word I'm looking for IP. franchise that's it like a franchise or or an, an idea that's going to run and run for multiple films that you know unless it's very low budget things don't tend to get made. Mm. I know there's a bit of a thing with this film about how it was budgeted and how it was made. Is this Disney as well? It is Disney. It yeah. is Disney. I know Gareth Edwards pitched the idea and basically said, "Yeah, here's some here's, here's some money, you know, to." get an idea, the ideas together in bits and pieces. And, he, you know, here's a budget sort of thing. And he basically went abroad, shot lots of things, and then basically took it to ILM and basically said, right, here's the ideas I've got. Can you overlay this on top? And, and basically mm. produced like a five-minute kind of reel for them. Mm. And they were like, this is awesome. We think you need more money to do this properly. And, you know, he took it, you know, so he'd done it kind of in a, in a similar way to Monsters, because that's very much shot and overlaid things, but it's done very naturally in camera, not always the centerpiece. It happens in Godzilla in the, and to a point in Rogue One where some of the special effects aren't necessarily the focus of the frame, but it almost makes it more impactful. I remember the bit of the Atats in Rogue One where they're, the, you know, the, the beach sort of scene, and then they kind of appear, and it's like it almost mm. feels more ominous and yeah, more kind definitely. of like threatening. So that's what they've done with this film. That's how it looks in the trailer as well. It looks like it's going to be really well shot. As I said, I like Gareth Edwards. I'm quite excited about, about the film. I don't know how on the nose the... A, it's, it's AI. Yeah. And I, I worry that this is going to be a bit of... You know, if this does well, there'll be a whole AI films. Mm. Well, it's going to happen, isn't but it? But let's face it. They've been happening since Terminator, one way or the other. Yeah. Well, so, before that, I mean, 2001. Yeah, I yeah, guess. absolutely. That was 69, 1969. Mm. So, yeah, it's always been a fascination. It looks good, good cast, good director. I've avoided as much as I can about it. I don't know the story apart from what you see in the trailer. I'm really excited. I'm glad we're watching it in screen two at the Majestic because I think this is the kind of film that you really want the best sound. I imagine watching something like this in, like, IMAX or something like that would be pretty outstanding the bigger the screen the better i'm just hoping that the story is going to match the visuals so yeah that's what i think what about you Arkid? i'm looking forward to it we were talking about it earlier on and we haven't seen much sci-fi for a little while we do love sci-fi when it's 
really good. Yeah. Or when it's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. But when it's kind of in between and just a bit lame, it's almost like you don't want to know it's a sci-fi film, do you? It's just a story. Yeah. And the the sci-fi elements are irrelevant in a way when when it's good enough. It looks like there's going to be elements of Blade Runner in yeah. the visuals. It looks like it could be part of that same world. I was also reminded, do you remember that Matt Damon film, Elysium? Yeah, yeah. I was reminded of that watching the trailer yeah, as well. Yeah, you have like the thing floating yeah, above the earth. Yeah, that's and right. And I really liked that. I thought yeah. that was a really good, really underrated film. Mm. And also elements of, of Rogue One. You mentioned the beach scene and it, it's got that kind yeah. of look to it, hasn't it? Yeah. I love Rogue One. Love it's one. one of my favourite Star Wars films. Yeah, me too. And one of the few Star Wars things more recently that I actually felt emotional yeah. about. I was emotional about the story and also the characters. And when and Darth I, Vader pops up. <laughs> yeah, that, that was. But even just the way people behave and, and the choices they make yeah, yeah, yeah. in it, I really, really liked it. And I hope I will get that same kind of emotional feeling to this. And it's not just a visually stunning thing yeah. that I'm slightly indifferent to. Yeah, so I've yeah. got quite high hopes for it. It looks like it could be really good. Good cast, like you say. I really like John David Washington. Yeah, I do. I think that he's a really interesting person to watch on screen. Yeah. And Alison Janney, as I've said, I, I really do like her. I think she plays some sort of general or soldier or something. Okay. So, But I think she can carry those kinds of authority roles because she's really tall. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, on the whole, I'm looking forward to it and I'm, I'm hoping not to be disappointed. Yeah. I think that's the only way I can put it. What about you, Ben? Okay, so I've not really thought a lot about this film, I must admit. I did rewatch the trailer earlier, just to remind myself. I do like sci-fi, but it's often not done very well. So you can go into these things thinking, oh, yeah, it'd be great to watch an, a sci-fi film. And like you say, it's an original property. Is that the word you use? Yeah. So, you know, it's got a few things going for it. What am I worried about with this film? Let's take a slightly negative track. Surprising for me. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's original. I hope it's got actually a decent story behind it. I hope it's not just a series of like, oh, look at all these CGI set pieces we can do. I hope it's not too moralistic. I hope it's not preachy. I hope it's not like the AI robots are going to be like, what is love? And all that kind of stuff. Yeah. If they get into that, I'm going to be rolling my eyes. Hopefully they won't. It's absolutely going to happen, Ben. What am I getting vibes of? Touch of Akira. There's a kind of weird kid with special powers. Obviously bits of, I don't know, like Blade Runner stuff. Yeah. Obviously it's got a look and feel of it like a bit like the Rogue One stuff. Yeah. So yeah, like you were talking about the the CGI stuff, Javels. I hope they use that carefully and it's not just a cgi fest all oh, look at all the shiny robots we can make in the battles i think the best sci-fi and cgi and stuff like that in the same kind of environment works when it works within the environment and it doesn't feel out of place when you look at you know the ones we say about like blade runner it feels like a world it's not just like oh and here's a robot it feels like a lived in world mm. same with the, the good stuff that you think of District 9, I think, is a, another yeah, it's great. good one. So it's a yeah. good film. The concept's weird. It's like, you know, the camp with the, you know, but it feels lived in and it doesn't just feel like things mm. are tacked on. It's not yeah. like, oh, here's a robot. That's a, maybe a slight concern with this is, is it going to look too like there's a CGI? Or is going to feel like a lived in world? It looks it from the trailers. It looks like these things are just happening and they're just part of life. So, yeah. What else am I thinking about it? The moralistic stuff. And is it going to be, are we going to have twists? Are we going to realise partway through the film that who we thought was a human is actually a robot and all that kind of stuff? Maybe. Not Maybe. that's necessarily a bad thing, but well, I hope they don't overplay that and they're like, ah, you see what we did there kind of thing and then you're just waiting for the next... Like jump scares, you're just waiting for the next one. Like, oh, who else is a robot then? <laughs> is Deckard a re- replicant, mm. you mean? Yeah. 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 So I sound like I'm being negative about it. I'm not really. I'm quite looking forward to it. Um, sound cautious though, maybe. Yeah, cautiously mm. optimistic, maybe. Okay, cool. Might be overstating it. Mm. But yeah, so there we go. Right, well, let's shovel some noodles and then... Hit, hit the cinema. And we're back from Le Majestique, having just watched... The Creator. I believe that Benjamin is going to tell us all about what we just watched. This should be good, shouldn't it? It should. So The Creator is a kind of science fiction film about the struggles between human civilization and advanced AI. So... They've had a bit of a falling out, and the AI slash robots have dropped a bomb on Los Angeles. This is around 2050. So I think we're around 2065 as we come into the film, or maybe it's 2075, somewhere around there. 
It's a fairly... I think it's 65. 2065. 2065. Yeah, okay. So not too far in the future. Watch out. So humans just kind of putting themselves back together. Turns out that they've banned AI, but certain parts of the world are like, no, we're probably going to carry on with it, actually. So the Americans aren't very happy about this. So around about 2060, we meet up with Joshua and his wife, and he is working undercover, hanging out with some simulants, as I think they're called, when they get attacked by the US anti-AI force of some kind, and something bad happens, and then suddenly it cuts to five years later, and it's the classic. He's waking up, he's a bit grumpy, his arm's missing for some reason, and the government are like, hey Joshua, we need you back for one last job because you know where the creator is. So the creator, apparently is the font of the knowledge of an advanced AI and America want that crushed. And then certain boring versions of hell gradually break loose. Ooh. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I think Not setting your stall out or no. anything there, Ben. Having said that, I think... It's always good to keep it balanced yeah, during, the, build, during yeah. the during the synopsis, isn't there? Now, the shambolic nature of my synopsis, I feel, reflects general aspect of the film but we'll get into that how you felt about the film how i felt about it we may feel differently jables how do you feel we do all feel differently about this film i think i will start off by saying that i liked it but it's definitely far from perfect i think there's a couple of things in my mind that maybe should or shouldn't elevate it slightly i think from the budget what they've done with the film, I think it's quite impressive in terms of it being an, an £80 million budget, which is still a lot of money, but comparison to a, a AAA title when they're throwing £300, million, £400 million at a, a film and they can look half as good as this does, I think that's quite impressive. And on that, I think the visuals are excellent. I like the world it's in. I like the... Not just the environments, I like the way that the simulants and the robots and the humans interact. You mainly see that in the point of view of, what did they call it, like Pan-Asian or they called it something? New Asia. New Asia. New Asian countries. It's very non-specific. They're very clear on not naming countries, aren't they? It's just like New Asia. So I liked that aspect of it. As you say, the story's a little bit... I mean, the story, the story build-up is fine. It doesn't seem particularly original, massively, but it, it's fine. There's bits of it I liked. I didn't mind the pacing. I know you've got problems with the pacing, Ben, and that we'll, we'll get on to that. But I'm a fan of Monsters, and I've, I don't know if either of you have seen Monsters. No. It's a very slow film. It's very much about travel not specifically about travel but character development and the things that are happening that are the sci-fi elements are almost kind of side elements they're not side elements in this they're very much at the forefront but I quite liked the pacing of it I didn't have a problem with with the pacing of it you said in the cinema kid what did you say you felt it was a bit flat I did in a lot of places I agree with you that the visuals were really good, and I liked a lot of that stuff. I liked the way the AI beings moved and, like you said, interacted with the humans. There was something District 9-ish about characters. I know they're aliens in District 9, but like the AI yeah, characters I think, kind of move in it. And I, I like it. it. It joined up nicely. Yeah, I think it's that overlay of film and special effects on a real kind yeah, of background. Yeah, I thought that you... worked really well. But I thought that that really good stuff jarred with a lot of the movement in the story. I liked the concept of who Joshua was and what his role was in the war. And they kept calling it a war, but it just seemed to muddle around so mm. much that I just didn't quite feel a connection to anyone, even Joshua. And he was set up as a likeable character, and he's a likeable actor. But I just found myself thinking, what are you doing? I don't quite understand the things that you're doing. Even I mean, we know it's a kid, don't we? We know that yeah, yeah. the... Well, you know um, that from the trailer, don't you? Yeah, the weapon. They call it the weapon, don't they, the yeah. Americans? The weapon that they're looking for is this kid. But like the interaction between the two of them, it just felt really flat, and I didn't get a sense of why they ended up on a road trip. 
thing. Yeah. I just didn't get why that even happened and how they kept finding other Americans and, and they were like being chased. And I didn't know who people were when they were popping up. I know that in New Asia, the AI and the humans were living together in harmony and that was all part of it. And there's yeah. sp- Is it Ken Watanabe who's the... Yeah the character who does this kind of speech about we've been misunderstood, we just want to, to live in harmony. But then there seemed to be other other new Asian humans who were fighting against the AI. And I was just getting really confused. Yeah, there were like spies and things. And I was just getting really confused about who people were. I liked the idea of the world and I liked the concept, but I found myself as I was watching it thinking, I just don't really get it. I don't get why there's AI beings mm-hmm. living the same way as humans yeah. and like watching AI porn <laughs> and robot strippers. And it's just like, what, what, why? I just, I don't get it. It's just weird. I think the thing is, it's the fact of promoting this ideal that AI is life. So it's, oh it, it's literally coexists with humanity as if it was another species. I think, clear, I think it's quite yeah. clear. That's oh, right. I, for me, me, that seemed very clear. So I didn't understand why he then turned in favour of AI and the child and that kind of... I, I, di- I just didn't understand his turning point, really. I think his turning point was when he was the five years before, really, in reality. Was, that's, that's probably it, fair. It was with but, Maya in, the, in that original part. He lived with he'd them. But then he'd gone back again, hadn't he? But he got taken back. But again, I, I didn't understand his transformation as a character throughout the film. No, it seemed clunky. Yeah, I, I got would, lost a few times. I would say it's a little bit clunky because of the passage of time. He kind of flips. For me, I, I got this idea that he'd obviously was a undercover guy. I don't know how much of this will be spoilers. I think that's kind of pretty obvious. It's in the first five minutes of the film. He's this undercover guy who actually meets someone, falls in love, and realises that he is not necessarily on the right side of things. Because, you know, they're basically saying they found this information, they they worked out, like, who the creator was. They were trying to stop without telling him because they knew that he'd almost... he'd all, he'd, he'd Basically, he turned, basically. He wasn't trying to do anything to try and work out where... You know, he was trying to live a life with them. Mm. So I think him then coming back, and he almost got, like, pulled back out of that. But you had this sense of, you know, you didn't really know what he was doing apart from waking up feeling groggy and you don't get any other sense of what his life is now massively apart from working in the radiation zone he's just a bit of a but uh, he's like they just switch off they're just machines you just switch them off yeah but isn't he yeah he is which yeah i know i get what you mean but he's it seemed to me that even though he was doing that he still necessarily was not necessarily believing his own words right okay Mm. And almost like he's because he he must have known living in that environment how how they were. He didn't treat them there like a you know a thing. The people mm. he was with, he had respect for the people he was with out there. And I think that goes on to one of my points that I was going to say. I think part of it for me is when sci-fi is good, if nothing else, it can prompt good conversation about stuff. Because I think it did touch on some interesting subjects like that. That idea of if an AI becomes completely sentient, is it a, its own species? Yeah. Even if it's something that we make mm. and it becomes... not. I'm not just talking, you know, self-aware kind of thing. I'm talking about... It's literally, you, you know, what I liked about it is those touches where you literally see humans mourning over AI and yeah. robots, not just kids, adults, humans. And I just got this idea that clearly they've got a, an actual connection. They've had, They've lived lives with those... I don't even know what it's called, like robots, I'll just call them robots, like over the time. Simulants. Yeah, simulants and stuff. And they've literally built relationships and, you know, they're mourning them because to them they're they're people, they're Mm. part of their life. You know, where do you disassociate about that? I liked some of the AI characters. I I, I liked the interesting bit with the policeman where they, you know, that idea of people basically sell their likenesses to to be AI. So there's like a a police, you know, there's a policeman you see a couple of times because... He's clearly a, and he was quite a handsome too. And he was quite handsome, but <laughs> so, it was quite yeah. cool. And I liked that idea of swapping things. And it wasn't just like a brain swap. It was like a, I'm trying to think of, there's some, almost like in um, 
alien when they kind of bring half a bishop back to life to talk. But yeah, I, I found that silly. No, I quite, I, I, yeah. I quite like that. The line. question that I found more interesting than the AI one, the AI one, AI one, <laughs> the AI one, was around the role of America after the nuclear explosion. Yeah, yeah. And how do you react to a superpower who is? basically telling whole continents how they should be behaving. Mm. And I found that much more interesting because it's almost like New Asia was harboring terrorists, wasn't it? That's, yeah, yeah. that's the that's what attitude it seemed to be. That, that they took to it. I think there's like a parallel to like Vietnam. Exactly. Like and that, that yeah. to me was more interesting, yeah. really. What do you think, Ben? I just think in general, this film doesn't hang together. And I kind of liked the visual aspect of it. Like I think we all did. I kind of liked most of the performances, but that's where it ends. So things that didn't make sense to me. The creator is is put out there as some kind of architect of advanced AI, but that's never explored mm. as far as I could. Like, like, so you've got the child, but all the child can do is really just slightly control machines. There's no sense of how much bigger a threat that character I, is. I think that is explained. Yeah, yeah but, but that was, was just no... like one line. Yeah, they there was no kind of build-up to why that would be. Yeah, it was like, oh, by the way. It was kind of in yeah, isolation. I suppose you don't know why, but then yeah. it's yeah. a bit of a MacGuffin. It's like... But it didn't have to be. It could have been something a bit cleverer, couldn't it? It could have been part of a different plan that went awry. You could have got more of the background as to, to how that actually yeah, there was came no ten- to be there was the no plan. tension around that. It was just no. like, oh, we're just... Good. Yeah, like you say, a MacGuffin, like... So the, the the creator is just there as something to point the film at. I would definitely say it's handled clunkily. I do, mm. I'd yeah. agree on that because I think the, the 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 tension part of it I think was supposed to be that they're saying that the kid hadn't developed all the powers at that time. They they kind yeah. of saying that. So the only way they could that they knew that it could disable it was to get it onto the ship. Or there could have been that tension but, around it's in everyone's interest for the child to be dead. There was probably a touch of that, but they didn't really explore that. You know, the AI want to use it as a weapon to blow up humanity. Humanity want to use it in the other way. Yeah. But there wasn't really a build-up to that. And you're right, that, that just that lacked tension completely. It, I, I get what you mean. I don't in think... The, the, the role of Joshua being like the only one really trying to yeah. save the child for the child's own sake and yeah. what that actually means to humanity and AI. That's probably what they were going for, but I didn't yeah. really feel Exactly. I, I, I agree. I think it was explained, but I think it was clunky. Yeah. Mm. I think there's a lot of clunk. And, I, I, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and just, like, defend everything in the film because mm. I think there's a lot of clunky stuff in it. We're verging into spoilers territory, yeah. but the fact that they get hold of this technology and they don't destroy it straight away, they end up taking it back. That's yeah. just yeah. dumb. But They've it was got... just to be baddies, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, we were rooting for the AI and the AI sympathisers based on the fact that the Americans were just awful. And yeah. that was that was kind of where yeah, your sympathy they're... came from, was the fact that the the Americans... I mean, the, the little team that were there to start with, they were just vile. You know, someone who holds a gun up to a puppy. Yeah, You know, it? yeah. it's yeah. like, for goodness sake. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really but... like Alison Janney, and I think she played the role well, but as we were saying on the way back from the cinema, she yeah. was kind of the baddie in Avatar, oh, she wasn't was totally, she? Yeah. And that there was a lot of stuff that and characters and characterizations that I felt like I'd seen before mm. in things. There was, I mean, I've written a whole... I'm not going to read it out, but I've written a whole list of things that it just felt like to me. Yeah. Because while it was an original concept and visually, yeah, great, there were bits of the visuals that really did remind me of Rogue One and Mandalorian. Mm. There were times it looked like it could be in the Star Wars universe. Mm. It just felt like a mishmash of so many other things. Yeah. Well, right near the start as well, it just goes apocalypse now, doesn't it? It's yeah, like, it oh, we're going into the jungle to find something that's a bit problematic and... Oh, oh, we've got it. And then next bit. Yeah, I, I didn't like those title cards. Sort of. I think that broke. And that I, I like the use of those. Sometimes there were echoes of Mandalorian, I even in the landscape there, there was, and everything. There was echoes there? of so much stuff, like yeah. you said earlier, and you could reel them off. But 
popped into my head was monsters i would say that mm. kind of style i'd say almost like i think ben you said akira kind of stuff i was thinking like that ghost the ghost in the shell film mm. the kind of like that style which i like but i think in some ways that handled things better i yeah. know it sounds yeah. bad i quite like that film to be I, perfectly I honest and i know people have real problems I with know it, they do. but there's some real nice but objectively visuals and, it's a good film yeah yeah and i got taken out of this by the last third of the film and it, it started highlighting mm. things to me that were just silly like we said about the choices they made this floating ship the nomad ship so i yeah, really i yeah. liked it when it was a threat i didn't like it when it became when they get onto the ship why's it got a garden on it oh, no. i was like it was it's supposed to be, to be this like to keep people fed yeah, yeah, a bit silent running. Oh, so it's to remind you of silent running but, yeah. but, but, and episodes of Doctor Who based but, in space. But why? It's like this supposed to be this floating military platform that's like yeah. the ultimate weapon. And we it's know basically that, a Death that, Star. that they have ships that can go to the moon and take you on holiday yeah. so they can deliver lettuce. Yeah. That was kind of thrown out of left field that as well, really wasn't was, it? Yeah. That it just, kind of, oh, we're going to go to the moon now. It's yeah. like if they'd said something about the moon yeah. earlier on, it would have tied in, but Yeah, no. so the, the Nomad thing, I actually I thought it was rubbish. I, I mean, the design of it was fine, but yeah. it just didn't seem to fit in the film. It, it was like, it was just set up to have somewhere to do a finale. It's basically yeah. like James Bond. It was. Yeah, and yeah. it kind of changed its its height and changed its its threat. Because it I actually really liked it at the start when you see it in the cloud and the yeah, distance. The light and, and, and the and light everything. coming down. I was yeah. like, oh that's that's different, that's kind of cool. And then when you start getting into it more, it starts the, the more you see of it, the less it makes sense. And on that, you know, it had really bad security. No, you know, it's supposed to be like this ultimate yeah. weapon thing, and you just fly okay, we'll just land this plane on it and yeah and everyone will take it yeah it's it's got things like that i guess they're seen as they're almost like the oppressed new asia or whatever they call it the amount of stuff they had they could have done something about this floating platform yeah it just seemed like yeah this is the other thing about the the tech as well in this so america's band ai yet seems to have it and use it a lot new asia have embraced, embraced ai but don't seem to use it for anything it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then you'll see they'll be in like a lab or, or a, a base or something. There'll be tech around. There'll be robots wandering about and screens. But half the screens are from 1968 or something. And then there's a telephone, which is just handheld like an old telephone. It doesn't make sense. Mm. And why aren't they using the AI for something? Maybe I missed something. Is it like literally New Asia realised that the robots or the simulants were like a new species yeah. and immediately granted them full rights. I think that's what it is. And didn't use them. Because at the start of the film, it, it does a bit of like um, newsreel type stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Oh, we're into the future now, guys, and blah, blah, blah. Robots will be cleaning your dishes. And then they never come back to that. It's just like, if you had that technology, you would be using it all the time yeah. for stuff. But they just don't explore that. But they but, want to be free. But that is that is the point, though, isn't it? You, you, you have kind of said it. I think that it is the fact that it's seen as a... They're not tools. They're not beholden mm. to human masters. They are another... Some of them are monks. And uh, Yeah, I think, I, I think that's it. And like we saw with the you know the americans their their use of robots is all is for military and as tools and that's how it seems yeah, parallels and bits and pieces. yeah i liked it i like john david washington i think he's quite good in it but i almost a little bit too quiet at time there were a couple of little chuckle moments but they didn't they weren't enough to like stick out and like make it great you know it bordered on a bit klutzy sometimes sort of like the policeman with the grenade and they all start shooting each other or something. Yeah. I something imagine something like that happening you know they don't make them out to be like particularly good they're mm. all a little you know they were a bit crap yeah they were a bit inept at yeah. times but i quite yeah. liked that you know when they were banding together as rebels you know that that sort of scene but it felt like a, a series of set pieces at times with not good enough story to hang it together it just seemed to lose its way a little bit. Anything else oh, to add? Finchy. Yeah. Finchy pops up as this kind of cartoonish, what, like a general or something yeah. in the control room. Yeah. Maybe he's the boss of Nomad. I'm not sure who he was. I'm always pleased to see Finchy. Yeah. It was quite anime in those kind of characters, yeah. wasn't it? Got special glasses on for yeah. no obvious reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of like Blade Runner 20, hmm. 2040. 2042, is it? 49. 2049. I was thinking of that a couple of times in it. You know, that's quite 
slow pace. That's not got huge dialogue all the way through. But I think that stacks up a bit better mm. at the start. Again, but that's another film that loses its way a little bit. Maybe this is a bit like the horror film trope thing. They don't necessarily know how to close it. Close it know, off. Close it off. Yeah, without like if, something crashing be, to earth. Because if you... If you've got an action sci-fi film and it's an action sci-fi film from the start and that's what it's going to be all the way through, then that's what you expect. Mm. Like an Oblivion, like a, you know, like uh, you said, uh, Elysium, Elysium, that kind yeah. of thing. They set the stall out quite early and they keep that and you don't expect to be wowed at the end, but you just mm. like it. It's, it's good. Yeah. Whereas this kind of like went in seeming like a higher concept, yeah. but that sort of drifted it felt like it drifted into an action film it did, yeah because yeah. It, it's like yeah. how do you do it okay well let's let's do this and but it felt like it could have been a chance to do something a bit bold yeah and they just didn't so bold visuals but then the plot all the way through the the last half an hour or so when they get to the thing in the sky and all that sort of stuff i just couldn't shake off like 80s bond and i was like Moonraker. why are we doing that Moonraker? yeah why are we doing this but it's like AI is such a huge potential field for story. Yeah. Why didn't it just end where everyone dies and then suddenly there's one robot left? You know, something like that. Just something absolutely apocalyptic. Sounds pretty derivative as well, Ben. But, you know. <laughs> Should have got Chat GPT to write it. Yeah. Well, do you know what? Actually, you say that. Partway through the film, I started to think, has the plot for this film been generated by AI? Because yeah. it did start to feel like, oh, we'll have a bit of that and a bit of that and a bit of that and a bit of this, which is what you get if you use AI to generate content like that. Yeah, yeah. What derivative stuff? Because AI doesn't actually think for itself. Yeah, well, it can't. Yeah. Exactly. Really, yeah. Can it? Yeah. It's just a pattern recognition mm. systems. So I think it's a shame. Car moment. Right. The car situation is bad as well. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I agree. With that. I'm still in my grumpy phase, obviously. So in this film. They've done quite a lot of work with vehicles, but for no obvious so point, purpose. Yeah, I totally agree on So that. they've taken what we know to be perfectly functional vehicles and made them more complicated to build and less capable. And unstable. And unstable. Yeah. They've got like legs with wheels on instead of just wheels. It makes no sense. Yeah. It's the kind of stuff that a five-year-old would draw and you'd be like, oh yeah, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. But don't put it in a film. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. And then suddenly, like, there's a bit towards the end. Randomly, some of the cars are just normal cars from about five years ago. <laughs> but then another one of the vehicles has got legs with wheels on for no reason. Yeah. yeah. Just, I'm like, why have you done this? You could have saved yourself a load of money and just had cars. I was thinking of a better version of this. Have you seen, there's a film with Clive Owen and... Um, oh, Children of Men. Children of Men. Mm. Michael Caine. Michael Caine's got the ridiculous car. It's basically a Citroen. So they've taken, they're like, Citroens are a bit futuristic. And they've done a Citroen and added a few bits of fiberglass to it. And it's yeah. like, that would have been better and a lot cheaper. Yeah. And it would have looked like you could have added a bit of Hollywood polish to it. It would have been like, oh, that's quite cool. Yeah. But no, they had to do a bit of CGI. Oh, we've taken a bit out of the car and given it legs with wheels. <laughs> yeah. It's just dumb. Yeah. So not really any car moments. I mean, and then, then randomly... So Joshua's escaping with the kid and then randomly he's in like a late 1950s, early 60s American pickup truck. Where yeah. does that come from? The and that's just garage. a normal car. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Mm. In a whole country slash continent, New Asia, that's full of AI robots and then suddenly you've got this agricultural pickup truck. I'm like, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. So yeah, car moments were just annoying for me. Sorry. What about rating then, our kid? Well, I don't have a rating actually. I thought I had... A rating, but I've decided it's a bit pants. So all I can say is that it missed more than it hit for me, unfortunately. Yeah. What about you? Well, <clears throat> I'm still positive about it, but I think it's one that I'm definitely going to think on a bit more. Probably more of a Blade Runner 2040. Mm? Nine. That'll be my rating. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ben? Uh, I'm going to give it... I'm not sure if I've got the model name right, but one of those kind of citron cactuses out of cars, out of films. This, this is the one with the weird, like, side. panel on the yeah. side. And when you first see it and you look at it from a distance, you're like, oh, that's quite interesting. And then you realise they've literally just taken one of the most boring cars in the world and just screwed some plastic on the side of it. Yeah. Well, enough of this random chat then, <laughs> before we descend into any more. What trailers did we have, Ben? We had Napoleon. 
And we had Marvels. Okay, we've talked about Napoleon yeah. quite a bit. But looking forward yeah, to that. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm warming to it more as Good. I see it. Yeah. yeah. I think I was very grumpy about it at the start. Of it. I don't really know why. I was just like, meh. Yeah. But I'm more like, meh. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Marvels. Yeah, the Marvels. Yeah, have we seen that trailer in the cinema? We have. Before? I don't know if we've seen that whole trailer. Yeah. But um, we've seen bits of that trailer before. I'm... I've, I'm... Fine with it. I was hearing it's going to be like the shortest of the Marvel films. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, a, I think, is it an hour and 40 or something like that? It's going to be... Right. And, you know, I think it's going to depend on where it's sat and how it's how it's placed. Is it going to be the, the quirky, slightly funny Marvel film? Is it going to be serious? Is it going to be setting up something else? Yeah, that's I it. Is it really going to mean anything and add to no, things? No, I think this I phase know. seems to be, like, pretty flat, to be mm. honest, when it comes to Marvel. And I think that's for... A whole variety of reasons, you know, the amount of people that have left and doing other things, yeah. and the mediocre some of the, you know, some of the stories and and superhero fatigue. Yeah. To be honest, I think there was definitely some of that. Even some of the hardcore fans are just a bit kind of like, yeah, this isn't checking out. Necess- yeah, this isn't yeah. necessarily anything. If it's fun, if it's good, you know, because the good fun Marvel films are are quite good. Yeah, I laughed at some of the <coughs> physical comedy, especially with like yeah. Kamala Khan and. Yeah. You know, she's quite fun. I quite, yeah. I quite like her. It just could wear very thin yeah. very quickly. And I did like the original Captain Marvel film. Yeah. But yeah. that was an origin story. I don't quite know what Captain Marvel brings to anything now after Endgame. She just, just got very serious, quite, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, I just don't quite see, like you said, what this brings to the yeah. Marvel Universe and how it kind of adds any anything yeah. at all. I'm a bit a bit confused about it. I'll, I'll probably watch it, but I oh, am, you will. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm kind of a bit like, I don't really know why it's there, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, I'm really, 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 really looking forward to it. Yeah, I thought you not. might be, Ben. Yeah. Did you just do a not joke? Did do a not. Did do a I think joke. it was warranted for this. Ben, just just actually, tell. Maybe it'll be fine. Actually, maybe tell, tell me fine. and like everyone, what are you actually looking forward to in the, the, the apoc- cinema? Oh, in the <laughs> the apocalypse in the cinema. Well, I am looking forward to Napoleon. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because I like, for example, Gladiator. Obviously, that's yeah, like, that's mm. from a long time ago. I get similar vibes. I mean, I know the actor. Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. Joaquin yeah. Phoenix is in it. So that's probably why I'm getting a connection vibes, to it. Yeah. But I get slightly similar vibes. Those kind of grim-looking battle scenes. Yeah. From above. Yeah. From above. I'm quite looking forward to that. Former Square. Former Square. See if Hastings is there. <laughs> that won't mean anything to you. <laughs> you know Hastings anybody. in the Poirot yeah. series we like with David Suchet? He is the Duke of Wellington in Sharp. Oh, okay. So that's, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. In a roundabout <laughs> way. That's right. how we get to that. It's I like world, it. isn't it? There yeah. You. So... Yes. If people want to get in touch with us and tell us how how they felt about the and film. And how we can cheer producer Ben up. And how we cheer producer Ben up. Note to Hollywood, make some not <laughs> films, please. Yeah. <laughs> Dear, he is a grumpy crew. Send us an email, hello at justsayjables.com. Uh, just have a look on the website, justsayjables.com. If you're listening on Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, Apple Music, wherever, leave us a five-star review or whatever you want to do, or don't, you know, it's your call. And uh, yeah, the socials at Just So Jables. Instagram, yeah. Facebook, X. What's happening next week, Ben? Retro Reels. Trick question. Eee. Back to the future. It will be retro reels. retro reels. <laughs> right, well, at least it'll be something you like next week, Ben. So Yeah, I've kind of gone off back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> right, get out of here, you jerk. Yeah. Stupid, stupid Martin McFly. Right then, let's go. Bye. Bye. Just so jables.